0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Rapid progress in artificial intelligence has many excited. But should we also be a little bit worried? We were joined in the studio by photographer David Barodi and the GBC Newsroom's graphics coordinator, Joe Lathy to discuss how AI is already being used to improve images and breathe new life into old footage and pictures. But what about healthcare and education? How is AI already being used by students in Gibraltar schools? A question for the Bayside headboy, James Roveno and engineering graduate Moetaz Ziani.
1: I guess artificial intelligence, there is the basic definition, and that is that it is a type of technology. Uh, it's a, something that's programmed, developed by programmers. Um, and I guess it can have its complex definition, and you can go into the computer science definition. However, for the understanding of everyone, it's essentially just a program that runs on a bunch of functions at a very complex level.
0: And and the thing about um, artificial intelligence is that it's been uh, on the radar for a while, but let's bring you in, James. Um, chat GBT GPT uh, has really um, sort of exploded, I think, the interest uh, in AI um, with people talking uh, about all sorts of applications and and ways that you would be able to use AI beneficially.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of been a sudden emergence in the previous few months with a new chat GPT-4 coming out. And it's, uh, it's like a language AI that allows you to enter a prompt and it will give you the best uh, response to a prompt, and it can scour the internet in rapid speed. I believe that the mechanical circuits actually run uh, one million times faster than a biochemical circuit. So that means Blimey. what Chat GPT can do in one week equates to what a human can do in 20,000 years. Which <laughs> That's a scary thought, isn't that it? That shows you how, how far ahead Chat GPT is and just AI as a whole, even to uh, the most intelligent humans uh, there are.
0: Yeah. so um uh, uh, we we haven't actually had a chance to discuss the interview much before we started, James. I've, I've spoken to Moetaz beforehand, uh, so I hope I'm not going to put you on the spot with this one, but uh, one of the one of the talking points that uh, that we've heard sort of internationally is that potentially you could ask chat GPT to do some some schoolwork for you,
2: to write an essay, for example. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it does have, I don't know what I call that advantage, but um, it does it does uh, give you a step ahead. So, like, for example, if you're doing a piece of work, you can maybe enter the prompt of the title and it gives you research. But um, I do believe there are copyright infringements that it does have to pass. So if you do want to just copy what GBT says, I believe there are um, mechanisms to catch you out for it. But, and and do the school do the schools have them in place already um t- personally i don't know but i'm sure if they don't quickly they very well would cuz it would be a problem
0: <laughs> yeah it, it would become a problem and i suppose really it wouldn't be real learning if you're just asking uh, you know a computer to uh, generate something for you. It, it wouldn't necessarily result in, in a meaningful uh, learning experience uh, for you. But it's just one of the many applications um, that we've heard uh, about um, uh, in the context uh, of AI in recent months. Um, we've also heard about scientific advancements, like discoveries. I mean, it's it's quite. A, I mean, you guys, you know, I, I pose the question at the start: Should we be excited or should we be maybe a little bit worried? Moetaz, I mean, I think I'm right in, in saying that you guys are generally quite
1: excited, right? Absolutely. I think you need to be excited about technological advancements like these. I think we kind of fall into these pitfalls where humanity either truly accepts something and they're very excited about it, or they completely reject it because they fear it or rather don't understand it. So I think when it comes to AI, we need to try to understand it so we don't fall into these kind of holes where we are just fearing it and rejecting it altogether.
0: Okay. And um and you recently went away um to an event that helped you to to sort of really engage with the topic in greater depth and and be part of a, a European conversation Absolutely. about where where AI is going and and how we should
1: um you know how we should prepare for the journey ahead. Absolutely, yeah. Um I I t- attended this uh they call it a study session. So it was essentially an event where tons of Europeans across Europe not necessarily minorities, but people who would impact most um, in Budapest. And we discussed three subjects in in the field of AI, what AI is, to understand what its definition is, what its impacts was, and finally, how we can help campaign and advocate for or against it. So it helped us understand what the current level or the playing field AI is having in the world, and then trying to help solve issues using this AI. So it was very it was very insightful.
0: Okay, and um, and would you describe so this was principally sort of people in their 20s like yourself?
1: Roughly 20s to their 30s, yeah. And how would you describe the mood there? Is it generally excited? It was very exciting, <laughs> yeah. Everyone was very up for it and you had people of all literacy levels, AI literacy levels. You had programmers, people who are studying and working with AI to people who've never even heard it before. So it was quite a nice event to attend because you had such a large landscape of different viewpoints.
0: Okay, so, so that's sort of your recent experience of AI and, and sort of conversations about artificial intelligence. Let's ask James to what extent it's been
2: a talking point at the Comprehensives in Gibraltar. Yeah, so as much I said, it's something that many people can just jump to um, as being fearful of it, but I think it's important to adapt with it as um, just a person in, in, in Bayside. I was, like, when I was in my earlier years, um, especially in the language, in the language um, fields. For example, I was learning Italian in year nine, I think it was, yeah, and they'll implement these AI programs. We'll go to the ICT suites and we'll use programs like uh, Linguascope, which um it's immaculate at uh, helping you quicken your, your learning, and it has really good uses, AI, in, in that sense. So, so, how, so, so, I mean, maybe I unfairly. You know, sort of introduce
0: the topic of um, you know how AI could potentially help a student cheat uh, by getting um, Chat GPT or another uh, AI application to sort of do work for you. But what you're saying is that there are AI applications which have really helped you to learn
2: more yeah. effectively. I would say it's very hard for them to be cheat because in the end of the day when you set your exam, you're in there alone, you're in there without any AI. So it's very important for, for students to realise you have to study yourself and um, like maybe occasional um, essays and all that, short term, all well and good, using G V T to help you, but um, it's more important to learn yourself. And there are applications like Lingoscope and other AIs that just enhance your learning in terms of learning languages or maybe learning techniques for maybe uh, math questions and, and uh, applications like that.
0: Okay, so... Um- Again, you know, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) Uh, You're the head boy. You won't have, and and you've already said sort of why you think that it would be a short-term gain from potentially, uh, you know, sort of a a long-term loss. Um, But do you get the sense that uh, potentially chat GPT is being used by students Uh, in Gibraltar?
2: I I can definitely know around the school there's excitement over it saying, oh, homework's so easy now, I just type it in, get it, but... I think teachers very quickly to jump onto that and they'll start doing more assessments in class where you can't access AI. And even with the access of AI, if you do it properly, um, it would only improve your learning and only help you do better in exams because if you know how to properly use it and you get taught how to properly use it, you'll be able to type in the right things. And it's the same as using the internet. Um, You go back 100 years and you have to read books and spend tireless time, like hours and hours reading books on a subject where now you can just type in the internet and get that on so a lot quicker do the research a lot better and i think we just have to learn how to adapt ai in the same way as we adapted to the internet so we we need to adapt
0: to ai and we need to also adapt ai to to uh, make sure that we're using it as
1: best possible Motes absolutely yeah because i think if we don't do that then we're kind of wasting a resource it's such an impactful and useful uh, resource as uh, james said because I believe that AI gets answers quicker and more efficiently and responds to questions. Which- yeah. I,
0: I mean, what, what, what I sort of, um, when I started talking to um, a few older people about today's program, uh, uh, their comparison was so it's kind of like Google, like the, you know, sort of the search bar, um, any other internet uh, uh, sort of uh, search engine. Uh, I suppose it is, in in a way, uh, the next level um, on that. No, it's sort of for, sort of ten years ago, or, or, or maybe a little bit more, when internet search engines were, were were new. They were hugely exciting. I mean, it still is, but we take it for granted. I suppose how much knowledge we have on our fingertips. But this is a next level uh, on that, where it, you can actually generate sort of uh, texts, uh, because it essentially uh, is a large language. Uh, model. No? Yeah. Before we started, we uh, r- asked in the GBC newsroom, uh, ChatGPT, uh, which is available for free. Nice. Um, we asked it to generate five short sentences explaining why young people in Gibraltar should be excited by artificial intelligence technology. And ChatGPT said, AI can provide new and innovative ways for young people in Gibraltar to solve problems and to tackle challenges in various fields such as healthcare, finance, and education. And, um, and this sort of, uh, I mean, there are other, uh, it gave us five short sentences, that's just one of them, but um, we were saying generally the mood is one of excitement uh, among young people. Um, uh, so tell me a little bit about, as an engineer, about some of the applications that you think AI is most exciting
1: on. Well, when it comes to chat GPT, I think it's kind of like a gateway uh, AI when it comes to the this technology. And loads of people know how to use it because it's got such a simple user interface. It's ask a question, get a response. And because of its application, many people are so excited to use it. Um, you can use it in answering prompts such as these. You can ask, ask it in solving issues and problems. You can give it professional titles such as you are a consultant in this type of field of business (laughs) and it could act as that consultant it's quite crazy endless it's endless the possibilities but but it, I mean, like I I don't want to be the
0: voice of um, of concern here, but but I am going to be because uh, let's let's bring James in. I mean, uh, doesn't it sort of worry you that uh, the technology could effectively uh, pretend to be a, a, a person um, a, and potentially deceive a third person, not the person who asked it, but maybe deceive a third person?
2: Yeah, I mean that's undoubtedly the case on numerous occasions. But um, there are, like for example, one that comes to mind was. Um, uh, so AI was targeted to running a business, and um, it came up. It was blocked by you know those capture the capture tests, which like um, yep. the ones that press te- the, the yeah. bus or press the bridge or and click
0: turn. on. The, it gives you nine images and it yeah, says click on the three which have a, a bus. Yeah, or and it, it
2: actually it, it couldn't get past them, but um, interesting. What it did do. Which is where it really shocks uh, some people is that it went on a website called Fiverr. I'm not sure if you are aware of what Fiverr I'm is. I'm not. No. It's like this a website where you can um, pay people to do stuff for you. So like usually it's like, called Fiverr. Okay. But it's a short, a small number of, uh, of of money. But um, and they actually pay someone to do the capture test for them. That's so amazing. the AI itself reached out to someone. It paid someone through the bank account connected to the to the computer <laughs> to pass the capture test for it to carry on working. <laughs> so that just shows how broad of a uh, of scale uh, the and can and um,
0: and you know it is artificial intelligence and and and, and made the point earlier that generally we are asking uh, the application to do something in the first instance. So the the prompt is it comes from a human, but but let me bring in David and um, and Joe uh, who are going to talk to us about. Um, you know how AI is being used in, in, in your everyday uh, lives, um, photography, programming, coding, um, but 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 generally as a general point, isn't that a little bit
3: worrying that a computer could could do that already? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> you saw two of my images on Instagram a couple of days ago, one of a wrinkly old man in black and white, and one of a out of focus sort of exhibition centre, and you liked them. I did. And they're both artificially generated. In fact, I had to dumb down the image because it was way better originally produced by the by the ChatGPT than I could ever produce. So I had to dumb it down to sort of my level of expertise and you fell for it. I must say that, like, um, I, um, I, I knew
0: about your conversation with Kelly, so I can't remember if I liked it before or after I knew uh, that you were using um, AI to, um, to create images. But generally, I don't like not being told that it's AI. That's correct. So, so I, uh, I like photographers like yourself who generate what I think is a, a realistic take on uh, the world around you and the world around us. And I like to see how you've interpreted that world through an image. And the idea that you are uh, cheating me with, uh, <laughs> with, with an image that isn't
3: real actually um, worries me a bit. I did, and uh, a few hours later I did said I I, changed, I edited and said, totally created by AI. But another example this morning, there was a willow wobbler outside my balcony, and it was, uh, the sun hadn't come out, and it was uh, low light conditions, and I took the photograph, it was some distance away, um, but I wanted to get this image of the willow wobbler, so I put it onto a, a Adobe Lightroom, which is uh, what I used to edit my photographs, and used AI to denoise the image, and to sharpen it. And it hasn't created an image, it's just made an image which I took visually more pleasing, without changing the aesthetic of the image. So that I, I, I feel is a, is a good use of AI and an extension of what computers were already doing for us, right? That's indeed, but uh, it now does it better than I could denoise it. Um, and it's no, I think it's no different to Having Wikipedia pages for research, or having online libraries where previously you had a, a, a piece of paper. James James talked about this earlier. I think it's a tool. Um, Stuart Harrison from Digital Skills Academy called this the fifth industrial revolution, and this is exactly where we are. Okay, so uh, let's bring in Joe Lathy, who is the
0: uh, GBC newsroom the GBC Newsrooms, Graphics Coordinator Extraordinaire, um, because you do lots of different things under that title, Joe, including writing code. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about how, how you've managed to incorporate chat, GPT and other AI into your workflow. Uh,
4: well, it's it's been especially useful um, in news because we we try to bridge the gap a lot between sort of the past and stuff that has happened in the past so that we can highlight what's happening now. So we've, for example, um, the photos from the general strike in 72 were all in black and white. And I was able to use Photoshop. It's got built-in neural networks in beta at the moment. But they did a fantastic job of colorizing them. So it was able to sort of bridge the gap of the little bit of the disconnects that younger people have with, let's say, black and white photos, make them a little bit more relatable.
0: And and even for people who might be familiar with the images at the time, you're inviting them to see them in a different way. Uh, And it is a it it is there is uh, an element of cheating, if you like, because those weren't necessarily the colours. Uh, that those you know the shirt that the main speaker was was wearing wasn't necessarily that color his skin might have been a slightly different tone but but it does bring the it gives a new, breathes new life into an image doesn't it
4: yeah I agree um, I mean to a certain extent photography and photos are a representation of well they're not an accurate representation of reality let's say let's say you take a, a long exposure photograph or something in a in a different spectrum that doesn't necessarily represent exactly like infrared, what we see. For example. Exactly, like infrared. So it is kind of a uh, an expression of the photographer. And I don't really think that using something like ChatGBT or another AI is significantly changing anything, as long as it works within certain parameters. I
0: suppose the important thing is, uh, I mean, for an authenticity, in, especially in the news context, is to
4: say when this has been done yes correct um if it's i think for something that's more artistic i think it's absolutely fine but when it comes to things like news and we are obviously trying to be as accurate as possible that's where you really have to be careful and make sure we're as accurate as possible and and let's bring
0: in james and moitez again on this um uh, topic given that we're talking about news and and the application of chat gpt it does have limitations and other ai um it, it does it works on algorithms and um and sometimes it does what um is referred to as a hallucination uh and and basically it generates something which is completely fictitious, but the language model thinks is more or less in keeping uh with the general narrative uh, so we asked uh chat g p t um because we we're excited about it. We well, we we thought well. What if we asked it to introduce uh, a viewpoint program with the serving member of parliament Daniel Feetham? What will it generate? And I don't remember the exact question that we gave it, but it did hallucinate and it did come up with something which was completely fabricated, uh, which Daniel Fethum had never said or done. Um, and of course, we sort of filtered it and, and and we didn't use it. It was just to see what, what it would come back with. But but it does make the. It's just to illustrate the point that there
1: are hallucinations still, aren't there, Moses? Absolutely, and. We're not saying that the AIs and the chat GPTs in the world are perfect, 100% perfect and working right. Like There are still many issues to be solved, from problematic questions that may be asked and responded with, to what it actually pulls from the data set, because the data set is unknown to us. As James said earlier, there is a lot of information being processed. But we don't know where this information is coming from. So this leads to AI bias. It leads to AI problems. And even some of the responses are just based on similarities. So you don't get an answer that you might want. And you have to find out where to find the true answer within the answers it gives. And
0: that's an extension of a conversation that we've already been having in society about, for example, how uh, social media like Facebook can um create echo chambers in which you uh you know hear more of the things that you like rather than just more of the things that are out there and also more of the things which are controversial uh, not necessarily true um i don't know if you want to if
2: we can bring you in on that james yeah well um what you're saying before about the who stations to remember chat gpt is um a form of ai and it's a single form of ai there's many many forms of ai and it's actually a free form of ai there's billions on billions and billions of uh, of pounds and across the world being invested into AI. So you have to take into perspective if chat GPT is available for us for free, you have to imagine the people investing that money, what forms of AI do they have at their hands? So I'm sure at our level it's, it's scouring the internet and it's getting, um, there are some faults and there are some faults, but you have to imagine the people who are um, investing these billions of pounds, they must have a form of AI themselves that um, they are using and probably the main public are completely unaware about. Yeah. And the other thing that sort of, uh,
0: while we're on concerns, is the the idea that it's um, AI technology is to a certain extent a black box or they are black boxes, right? Because we don't, fully understand how they work even the people who who program them Uh, David you're nodding
3: along, I don't know if you want to come in on that point Yeah, um, it's interesting uh, because my other work is is, as national coordinator on AML-CFT and I use um, Uh, anti-money laundering and 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 counter-financing of terrorism terrorism. my apologies for that Um, but yesterday the Gibraltar Association of Compliance Officers sent a reminder to all members to be aware that because it's a black box there are data protection issues and a firm may be very tempted to put in uh, an email that's received from a customer and said, can I have a response for this? Which it can do very well, but the moment you do that, you don't know where it is ending up in. Um, and that breaches all sorts of data protection. And Italy and I think Greece have now moved to ban yeah. uh, ChatGPT. Um, and as a result, as a response of that, ChatGPT have now toggled a, a bit in their software which says, don't send this information to the server. Um, to, to meet with this sort of potential data compliance ban, issue. uh on on data protection, so there are all sort of ethical issues yet. Okay, and um, we're, we're
0: almost out of time, but let me just ask you very quickly, David uh, and, and and Joe, if you like, uh, for some concluding comments. And do you do you expect that this, David, is is something uh, that is going to need regulation?
3: No, I think uh, just like uh, the internet when it drew, grew up. Uh, and became a source of information for us. This is a tool that needs to be used, but like every tool, it needs to be used responsibly.
0: Okay, Joe, a closing comment. Why is AI a good thing for photography?
4: For photography, uh, well, just a last example. Even at GBC, we're using... um we're using AI to upscale all of our archive footage as well. So it's actually creating a, a, a very usable system for us to make all of our old archive footage much more accessible By to the removing noise, for example. By removing noise and upscaling, make it much more accessible for the public to enjoy.
0: Brilliant. Okay, thank you so much to Joy Lathie, Joe Lathy and uh, David Broderley. Uh James, some closing thoughts from you. Why are you
2: excited about AI? Um, well, it's revolutionary technology, and um, I've read articles on professionals in fields like climate change and in fields like healthcare and it's for um, our best chances at this given state and time is um, adapting to AI and using AI to help solve climate problems and to help, help solve problems of cancer and treatments and new drugs and that field is very highly adapting to AI and seems to be our best chances to advance in those fields.
0: And uh, last word to Moethez, who um, was the initial uh, impetus or gave us the impetus to organize today's discussion. And thank you for doing so, Moetez. Um But, but um, uh, you know, um, we, we know that you're excited about it. We know that you've addressed some of the concerns. Uh, you don't think that
1: AI is going to, for example, take people's jobs? I wouldn't phrase it like that. Because when we, AI will do some jobs that people would do in nowadays. Um, however, I wouldn't say it would take jobs. In fact, it would probably add jobs because we need people who will work with AI or develop the content for AI or even monitor what AI produces. So it, it like any other job. It is a technology that we need to adapt to.
0: Moethe Ziani, thanks so much for joining us today and also to James Ravenna, David Barodi and Joe Lathy. A really interesting discussion and it's such a big topic that we're going to have to bring you in for part two soon.
4: Thanks for listening to
1: those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kellyanne Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one.
0: GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.